Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author and travel journalist, Annie Daly. Her new book is Destination Wellness, Global Secrets for Better Living Wherever You Are. Fed up with the commercialization of the wellness industry after working in it for years, Annie Daly embarked on an inspiring adventure through some of the world's happiest and healthiest cities and villages to find out what we can learn from them. Whether she's hiking along gorgeous fjords in Norway to see why Norwegians are so dedicated to getting outside, soothing her spirit with Hawaiian saltwater cleanses, or learning about the importance Brazilians place on community, Annie combines on-the-ground reporting with heartful personal narrative to share the global lessons, philosophies, and customs that prove that wellness is not about the products. It's about the way you live your life. She's a former editor itself, BuzzFeed and Cosmopolitan, and her work has been featured in dozens of digital and print publications, including Condé Nast Traveler, Traveler and Leisure, Vogue, Marie Claire, InStyle, New York Post. Welcome to the show, Annie. So really nice to have you on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Well, those are my two favorite topics, uh, traveling, because I, too, have traveled around the world, so I found I actually read your book last night, <laughs> um, downloaded it. Uh, yeah, it's really, I love it. It's, uh, well, it's a whole, it's a kind of a very different perspective, I guess. And just, you know, as we you worked in the business for a long time, right? Uh, promoting products that I did, yeah. to make us healthy, but that's not exactly what you found as you travel around the world. Healthy isn't necessarily this internal stuff and buying, um, products to make to make us healthy or to feel healthy. Uh, there are other ways that other cultures um, approach health and wellness. So I'll start with that. And maybe like um, your experience and when the, I don't know if it was exactly an aha experience when you decide, well, you know what, what I'm doing isn't, it doesn't really feel right promoting these products yeah. that maybe don't really work. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's really what it was. My job, I was working as an editor at a big wellness magazine in New York. And as part of that job, I was just getting sent all of these products all the time because people think that wellness is something that you can buy and that what you buy is all these fancy products and these, you know, fancy boutique fitness classes. And I didn't necessarily have one aha moment as much as just this growing realization that I sort of became disillusioned with the whole wellness industry at large and the idea that wellness is something you can buy. And that's what inspired me to write the book. I ultimately went to six different places around the world. I went to Jamaica, Hawaii, Norway, Japan, Brazil, and India. And all of those places are quite different, but the fundamental theme that I was looking for is that they have some sort of wellness philosophy baked into their culture that speaks to the idea that health and happiness is not something you can buy, but that it's about the way that you live your life. So you chose these particular countries. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of country, other countries as well. Uh what, can we? Should we go through each? Why did you choose each one individually? I mean, what drew you to, um, well, to 
Jamaica, Hawaii, India. Um, what stood out? Why did you want to visit those countries and explore the cultural reasons for their wellness? Right, totally. So as you said, there were lots of places to choose from. And really, I, I sort of just went based on my curiosity, each place, I think maybe we should just go through each country and I can explain the philosophy that intrigued me about that place. Do you think that's the best way to do it? Yeah, that, that's great. Let's start with the first one, uh, which was cool. Uh, so, Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, Jamaica. So I, with Jamaica, so I've always been a reggae fan my whole life. So I you know, I grew up listening to all of the greats, Peter Tosh, Marley, Jimmy Cliff, all of those lovely people. And so I, I think what happened was I went to Jamaica because I really wanted to immerse myself in reggae culture. And what I found was that there was this whole other side of the Rastafari movement that I hadn't really heard much about, and it's called ITEL. And ITEL is basically the Rastafari way of healthy living. And what that means is that a lot of Rasta farmers in Jamaica, they try to grow their own food, not necessarily just for the health benefits of of eating organic and, you know, eating food that you grew yourself, but also as a way to sort of separate themselves from mainstream society and be a little bit more self-reliant. And I love that idea that that the food choices we make, it's not just about the nutritional benefit, but it's about who we're supporting and, you know, where, where we're putting our money and the idea that we can grow our own food and, and try to eat local and organic and not necessarily put our money towards these big corporations that might not serve us. I think that's, that's a really important message, and I loved that about ITEL. In Jamaica, but uh, taking oh, that's a good example. I tell, but how do you translate that into say our because we as Americans, and I think you also talk about in the book, especially uh, privileged Americans, well educated, well fed, yeah. upper middle class. I mean, you were in Brooklyn, uh, you know, all of those sort of advantages that we have, which uh, that. It's maybe easier to do, I'm making the assumption. But what about the people in our, I'm trying to kind of relate it to our own food situation here. Like, how do people who are not in that position in this country do that, deal with that? I mean, they talk about millions of people going to bed hungry, actually, in this country. Right. Well, I think a lot of it is, I mean, well, first of all, yes, um, food availability is a huge problem in the U.S. And I, with this book, I, I'm definitely not claiming to be an expert on <laughs> how to turn around the bigger problem. What I was focusing more on was just how to apply these philosophies to your life wherever you are in, in pretty simple ways. I think one of the big ways is to try growing your own food, even if you live in an apartment, just by planting a seed on your windowsill. And something as simple as that, one, one Rasta farmer that I interviewed told me that just the, the power that comes from watching something grow from seed to finish, that in and of itself, it really helps connect you to the earth and connects you to your food and, and 
reminds you that, you know, that we are all part of this, this bigger earth and this bigger universe. And so I think that that's a really, really good way to tap into the power of ITEL wherever you are is to just plant a seed. And, and another thing is that, as I mentioned, I want to stop you there because I think that's absolutely, that does work during the, during COVID and my listeners know this, I moved up, for, I live in the city and in Albany, New York, in the suburbs. And I moved here with uh-huh. and my and, uh, son and daughter-in-law and three grandchildren. They came from Brooklyn. We all lived together <laughs> in my house. And one of the things that my son did with my four-year-old grandson was plant tomatoes and plant herbs. And, you know, in this whole year of being confined in quarantine, um, it really did help his psyche, our psyche, eating this food. I think it's exactly what you're talking about. You know, if you have the opportunity to do that, it does create a sense of well-being. That's my little example, but it sort of goes along with what you're saying. Yeah, no, it really does, and it's it's so it's so simple that you you may not necessarily associate it with a quote wellness practice, but that's that's the whole point of my book is that these wellness practices that actually are the ones that tap into that the most are the simple ones and, and the, the pretty basic ones. We've just gone, we've gotten so far away from these core fundamental values of how to live a healthy and happy life that it's so, it's so important to turn, to tune ourselves back into these basic basic actions and thoughts that can have a profound impact on our well-being and our mental health. Uh, Much better than popping a Xanax and Prozac and all of the other, (laughs) (laughs) which we do. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, um, yeah, so that's Jamaica. um, And let's go on to the next. um, Okay. So I think the next one is Norway. And I am quite obsessed with the philosophy that I researched in Norway. It's called Freelitzliv, and it's spelled F-R-I-L-U-F-T-S-L-I-V. And translated, it means the fresh air life. And basically, the, the overall summary is that Freelitzliv is about making a point to spend as much time outside as you possibly can, no matter the weather, Norwegians love to tell you that there's no bad weather, only bad clothing. And the idea is that they really, really get such a deep sense of well-being just from spending time outside. And I think that it's important to note here that in the U.S., we tend to think of, like, quote, outdoor people, outdoorsy people as people who have tons of gear and, you know, are, like, constantly, like, hiking up mountains for, like, nine hours at a time and, going camping and just having these like huge fancy rigs and, you know, just really kind of like decked out in, in How that about world. glamping? They do glamping. Now it's not camping, yeah. it's glamping. <laughs> Talk about the extreme. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a whole thing, you know, it's like there's, I feel like to be associated with the outdoors in the U S is often to be associated with more of like a scene. Whereas, in Norway, Freelitzliv speaks to the idea of just simply sitting outside and taking a deep breath and 
kind of saying like, ah, I, I'm here. This nature feels wonderful. And, and that's it. It's really, really quite simple. It's not about the gear. In fact, I went on a camping trip when I was in Norway um, with this school where Norwegians go to study this philosophy. They actually have a, a school for it, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, and I went on a camping trip with them and the, our guide, the professor of Free Let's Live, he had a rule, which was no music in nature because music disrupts Free Let's Live. So we were all on this camping trip. We just kind of sat in the mountains for hours on end. And I kind of kept thinking, like, are we going to do anything else? Like, are we going to go on a hike or like, you know, set, set up more of this campsite? Like, you know, it was it was pretty... <laughs> like this is it, was it. <laughs> surprising to me that we were just sitting and then but it was amazing and we just kept sitting and we made we did make a fire at one point and then we grilled some cheese sandwiches over the flames but that was it and it really it really made me feel much more connected to nature and to mother earth than I had in a really long time and I think that that's such an important message to take back that it's it's about just the the simple pleasure of being outside and it doesn't need to be more complicated than that and and that fresh air at a basic level breathing it in is always better than breathing in inside carbon air. monoxide so, <laughs> yeah yeah so i love that and i think that that's especially important for people to keep in mind as we emerge from the pandemic and people are really wanting to get outside into nature after spending such a long year indoors. And so I would just try to encourage people to remember that as you head outside, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to get so rigged up and, you know, go to the nines and just go on like an epic adventure. It can really be as simple as just going outside and just chilling. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it can be just sitting in your backyard, and uh, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't have to be some, you know, great trip or going to a park or whatever it is. But you know, when you go to Scandinavia or or and Norway, I mean, the people actually do look healthy. There's a healthy look to Scandinavians. I've always felt, and I think because, as you say, because they are outside and kind of embracing nature, uh, and it does make a difference. Uh, I think you said in your book, ninety percent of um, Americans spend ninety percent of of their time indoors, which is yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's really important to remember that, and it's even and you're right. It's it's as simple as going to the park or even just walking to go do your errands instead of driving, or you know, suggesting that you have a backyard barbecue instead of going to eat inside, which now we can actually finally do again. But it's something it, it's. It's about just trying to incorporate fresh air into your life every single day, no matter what, and and just making a point to, like, as often. That's why Freelance Live, when it it translates to the fresh air life, like, if you think about that, it's like, in Norway, they even have outdoor kindergartens because they're, they're really, really firm believers and spending as much time as you can outside. And they even, some of the moms, like, they, they'll put their babies outside in the cold in strollers to nap to get them used to this air and hanging out outside. So it's 
really, really woven deeply into the culture there. And it's great that we can adopt that philosophy for ourselves back home. And think how healthy that has been. Well, that, that, uh, cultural behavior in COVID because being outside, you're, you were one was safer being outside than you were inside uh, with other, you know, people and and uh, it, so it I, did it serve them well during COVID? Like say in Norway, I, I don't know if you know that. I mean, I don't know what the statistics are in terms of you know uh, how many people um, got COVID or died, or, but. I wonder, because they do spend so much time outside. Yeah, um, I actually don't know about that, but I do know on a personal <laughs> note that it certainly did serve me well during yeah. the winter, especially. I remember I actually wrote an article for In Style called um, Free Let's Live is the philosophy that's getting me through the pandemic winter, because I my husband and I, it was so brutally cold in New York, as you know, and with the whole outdoor dining situation, we just kept reminding ourselves like, okay, just gear up. Like there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. Just, you know, put on the gear and go eat dinner in 30 degree temperatures. It's going to be okay. (laughs) The Norwegians can do it. We can do it too. And we did. And it was really great to have that philosophy in in our headspace during that time, because I think that if I hadn't had it at the forefront of my, my brain, I, I really probably would have just stayed inside, but just a simple reminder of like, just dress appropriately for the weather and being outside is always better than being inside. It, yeah, we, we outdoor dined our way through winter. It was ridiculous, but it, <laughs> it was great. Like it really did make us feel more alive and that was kind of the only thing we could do you know (laughs) and just as you say just layer up that's all you have to do right just put on the layers of clothes and you're good to go um i I was talking exactly yeah a a physician on my show if you uh in the midst of covid like and he said one of the things which goes along with what you're talking about um Every day, he said, I have not missed a day of going outside. I don't care whether it's snowing or raining or whatever it is. I am outside because that is so important yeah. in terms of my health, wellness, happiness, all, you know, it's just, just sort of validating what you're saying, but it works. Completely. Uh, it's, so, it's so simple, but that's, those are often the best lessons are the timeless ones. Let's talk about, we have Brazil and India. India was the last, I know your your husband's Indian, uh, the last big trip we took right before COVID was India. Um, Oh, no way. Where did you go? Well, we did the, we started, you know, Delhi and Mumbai and uh, Varanasi and. uh, Oh, wow. You really got around. We did. We were there for three weeks. Uh, yeah, and, that's, you kind of have to do it like that yeah. with India, I think. It was great. It, was, it just, yeah, it was a great, great trip. And I, But I, I I wanted to talk to you about that because now look what's happening in India. Uh, oh, my gosh. It's, with COVID. But start, maybe start uh, with your experience, the one that you talk about in the book and uh, living a healthy um, lifestyle. Sure. So... Right. So as you mentioned, so my, my husband is Indian. Um, and when I first went to visit his parents, I 
learned from his mom about Ayurveda, which is what I focused on in the book. And Ayurveda is basically the ancient system of healing over there in India. And it, I mean, it's, there's so, so much to it. People have spent their whole lives studying it. So it's somewhat hard to explain all of it here. But I will say that the, one of my favorite parts about this ancient system of healing is that it's really focused on prevention in a way that I think Americans often aren't. Like, we're such a Band-Aid nation. We really wait until we're sick often to go to the doctor, and it's, we don't live as much of a life focused on prevention, whereas Ayurveda, they have all of these systems in place to keep you healthy every day so that you you're not ultimately getting sick. And one of the ways that they do this is um, Dinacharya, which is the Ayurvedic daily routine. And what I love about this daily routine, there's all sorts of things. I mean, basically with the routine, you, you rise and go to bed with the sun. So it's really focused on your circadian rhythm wake up in the morning and do all sorts of things to cleanse your body, like scrape your tongue because there's all sorts of bacteria there and um, apply oil to your, your body before you shower because the healing oils can, can soak into your skin. So there are all sorts of great things about the daily routine, but what I love most about it is that it's so focused on prevention and not in the U.S., um, routines are often focused on productivity. And I love that distinction of like, you're, you're doing these daily routines to keep yourself healthy. Whereas here, we often think like, oh, people who wake up early do so because they're productive. And, you know, we read all those articles where it's like this, this successful CEO, like wakes up at 530am and like eats a bowl of oatmeal and does this exercise workout. And that's how he's so productive. So I love the idea of adopting a daily routine more just to keep yourself healthy so that you don't get sick versus um, doing it so that you can be more productive, which is such an American mentality in my, yeah, in my that's mind. Really well, yeah, I mean, that is well said. Two minutes left, actually a minute and a half left. I, we, I mean, I, we've only just begun, so people should buy your book, and you can download it, which I did last night, (laughs) and read it. It's a great book. It really, and I I just want to mention, because at the end of each chapter, there's like sort of how to do this in a very simple way. It's sort of um, uh, just what we've been talking about, but uh, sort of a checklist for, you know, um, for what to do. So that, I really like that part of the book too, but okay, quickly, Annie, just a website and websites we can go to for more information about you and about the book and about what you're doing. Definitely. My website is AnnieDaily.com and my Instagram is at Annie M. Daly, A-N-N-I-E, M as in Mary, D-A-L-Y, and the book, you can find more information about the book on my website, and it's also available wherever books are sold. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This is yeah. really great to talk to you. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 